0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Rich Hobbs here joining me after the magnificent win against Fulham. We've got Stu. Hello. We got Matt. Howdy. And we've got Jordan. Evening all. So we're going to be coming a the following game. Um, as I sort of joked at the start, uh, it was a bit of a drab encounter for the most part, apart from two well, key incidents right at the end of each half. And we'll also preview the Sheffield United game as well in brief before our um, show over on YouTube. And that'll be getting released um, on iTunes as well. We'll go right into uh, the game and sort of, I guess, pull it back to seven o'clock when the team news was announced. Um, Given the calamitous display, uh, particularly in the first half against West Ham and the fairly obvious uh, failings of the formation and the players in the formation um, against West Ham, um, I'll go to Stu first. Were you surprised to see it being exactly the same lineup um, against Fulham?
1: Oh, I wasn't surprised because nothing surprises me anymore with him, but I, I did tweet out Insanity. And that's what it seemed. It didn't work against West Ham, who are an infinitely better side. So why would it necessarily work against Fulham? Yeah, they're terrible. But still, it's a defensive calamity waiting to happen. We don't score anyway. So I would just prefer this to be more solid. And it, it was only changed because of what happened. It wasn't through choice. So, yeah, I, I wasn't exactly uh, ecstatic, to say the least.
0: Yeah, George, were you similar then?
2: Um, I've been the uh, the beacon of four two three one for a long, long time now. Um, I, I just think it's the right system moving forward. We just definitely haven't got the right players to play it at the moment. Um, so with us only probably needing a point out of the game, I wasn't that surprised. I wasn't that surprised that he kept to the four simply because. I think it's come to light now pretty much that it's obvious that he doesn't trust Max Kilburn at all. Whether you rate him or not, he doesn't fancy him, Nuno. So he was always going to play Cody in size for me. And um, I've been screaming that we need to try and get Adama, Pudence and Neto on the pitch at the same time as much as possible. But again, whether it's system or players... They haven't created anything between them tonight, really. Barring, you know, we'll get on to the second half and we'll get uh, we'll get into the the trial ray winner at the end. But I thought Pedence was non-existent and Neto as well. I know he, he obviously had a knock, but again, I, I thought he was really quiet as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, Neto was an interesting one for me, and you know, it was obviously a shame to see him uh, golf injured. Don't know kind of what extent it. Um, you know how bad it was but it seems to have sort of dropped off a bit in form which is completely expected for such a young player who's kind of had to carry the team for good amounts of the season but uh, Matt was it almost a bit of a I don't want to say blessing in disguise but it kind of worked out a bit in Wolves favour in terms of Allowing wolves to go to a free of the back. And it almost felt as soon as we went to that tried and tested, then donker looked a bit more stable there. Everyone just seemed to know what they're doing a bit more.
3: Mm, there's definitely a, an element of stability there, but with stability also comes the you know the drying up of chances that we that we create. I mean, it was very, very late on in the game when the when the footage showed that we'd only had four attempts and zero which on target. It feels like we very much have a system for defending. We don't seem to have a system for attacking. It feels yeah. it feels like we're very, very organised. We know what we're doing in defence with, with three slash five at the back. There is an element, though, and it depends how wet your pants are, I suppose, about the position that we were in prior to the table with the points that we were on, that actually it was very clear that we were playing not to lose that game. Um, we weren't necessarily playing to win it and going to three slash five at the back allows us to do that a lot more comfortably because we're, we're a lot more assured there. It just means that, as I've said numerous times, we're creatively stifled. Um, I think, though, with how Fulham pressed throughout the game, it was, probably was a blessing, really, because as the game went on, they, you know, they came into it in a more attacking sense.
0: Yeah, I think um, it felt like definitely that first 10, 15 minutes, um Wolves either weren't quite of a race as all Fulham very much were. And I I I was having flashbacks to Monday night and thought, this can't be happening again. And they seem to sort of find their footing a bit more and grow into the game and start started to move things a bit more forward. And you know, right on the stroke of half time, um, you know, great little bit of interplay. Um Podents kind of slips through. Clips in a delicious cross and a fantastic header by William Jose, who I can't even remember last time I saw him in that kind of position to um, sort of nod the ball into the back of the net. And, you know, I think we all kind of went off clapping and got, you know, carried on with life and thought, oh, hang on, well, this changes things going into half time. And then VAR the happened. Um, uh, uh, look, we could we could talk about VAR all day. Um, Stu is our resident VAR expert and uh, chief uh, propaganda Ologist. officer um, uh, on it. But uh, how frustrated were you guys when you saw? But I guess a how fine it was, and b almost what part of the body? It, you know, I think it was you know halfway up his bicep that got classed as being the thing that was offside. Um, uh, Jordan, I can see you sort of, uh, uh-huh. you, you, you're, you're, you're waiting rest- restlessly. Restlessly. The, the 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 problem is for the visual. Stu's sitting there
2: waiting just to pander to p- p- kibosh anything I say as well. Um, That's so for me, with it, and again, we know it's not VAR itself. VAR in principle is the right thing to do. I think for the game to get rid of clear and obvious errors. Um, IFab. Of completely yeah, out of touch with the game of football, that their rules are just absolutely absurd. For me, um, me, me and Luke spoke about this on uh, the Instagram live show as well, and uh, referenced it with a few follow- like few people watching as well. Like for me, if it takes over a minute, and again, I don't know what the right or wrong is, and we could probably speak about VAR for three hours. For me, it's two fact; it's twofold. I think if something takes over a minute to come up with the, with a decision where you can't work out definitively either one way or the other. Surely there has to be some sort of human, you just go with the on-field call. Where often this works well, in terms of where you're looking at um, cricket, whether you're a fan of it or not, um, cricket have a system DRS, um, and it has to be within so many millimetres or so many centimetres of a decision for it to stay with the on-field on post call or for a decision to be overturned. So for me, I don't understand why when we're looking at offside. And again, I understand the fact of then you'll say, well, how far's if you're offside, you're offside. I get that it, you know you can be definitively offside. But do you just go to a system where you have whatever that parameter is? I don't know, fifty millimeters, five hundred millimeters. I don't know whether it needs to be daylight. Surely there has to be that element of human error, or not even human error, just human call, and you stick with the on-field call because. Over a season, I truly believe that you'll win some and you will lose some. You'll get the rough end of some deals and you'll you'll win a few decisions the other way. And for me, what sort of really gets my back up about VAR in general, before I pass over to Stuart and everyone else on here, is that, you know, and this goes for Wolves fans, this goes for any football fan, Like people scream about outrage about VAR, how it's ruining the game, or at least how IFAB are ruining the rules of the game when it comes to VAR. And people, when it goes against them, want to throw the toys out of the prom, scream, shout about it. But on the flip of that, where we've been, you know, we we've had some contentious decisions go our way since VAR's come in, no doubt about it. It has to have the same energy both ways for me, because it's not okay to say, oh, VAR is good when you get the the good end of the stick with it. Like it needs to change for the good of football. Ifab, the rulings, they've got to come to some sort of conclusion where if you're going to have VAR, you've got to make the rules clearer because it's just, for me, that today. Pedence has not got any sort of an advantage from where he was, where he's been given offside for. People telling me his elbow's offside. You can't score with your elbow. Like Genuinely, you can't score with your elbow. So what advantage is he getting? Um, so, yeah, like for me, VAR, in principle, great. IFAB can suck my dick. Well... Go
0: on,
1: Stu. I was waiting for Matt. Yeah. It's pointless talking about it because it's the same for everyone. Everyone, seen? The, the system shit. We all know it's shit, but it's the same shit system for everyone. And if you say 50, 50 centimeters, 50 millimeters, what happens when it gets to 51? You're always, regardless of how far, how much daylight, and whatever you say, you're always going to get finite calls because they're looking for science. And unfortunately, that's the route we've gone down now.
2: Yeah, so. I do get that too, but shouldn't you, shouldn't there still be with just for, in my opinion, just with how it is in, like, say, in cricket, American football, it's very similar. Where sometimes you just stick with the on-field call because it's not that it's not clear and obvious. So surely, isn't there a isn't there a way or a system where you just go, well, it's taken so long, it's taken, you know. So many angles, and again, I know that um, cleaner I think wants to bring in a new system, doesn't he? Hmm. That's it's... in the Champions League, which would work. But if you're going to completely computer robotic, if you're 0.1 millimeter offside, you know, might as well not have officials, you might as well have someone just r- refereeing in the game from Stockley Park. Well, from the
1: they'll do it in the World Cup in next year, and then the season after that, it'll be brought in worldwide, the automated system. So we've got we've only got another season, maybe, of this nonsense anyway. So there's, it, this is why they wanted to talk about it, because we can talk about common sense and all this bollocks, but we know what they're going to do. So it's the, my point of not getting wound up about it anymore, because why? You, you We ain't going to change anything getting all wound up about it. We know how shitty it is. The whole thing's terrible, how it's been rolled out. It worked in the World Cup, the first World Cup, when everyone was oh yeah, it's, it's all chaos. The handball rule was nonsense, and they fixed that. But we know that this is going to be the same next season because they've already said so. So I'll just, as soon as, as, soon as that he's even hinted, in dark hinted, he said, oh, there's a hint there, offside. Well, there you go then, straight away. From that first replay from beyond, from when they showed it on the side, I thought, well, that's offside then, straight away. Because <laughs> you know how ridiculous it is? It's ethnic. When Wenger came up with his, um, his mental idea of changing it to the other way around, I thought the same thing was well. What's the point? Because you're still talking about millimeters. But actually, I've kind of come around to that now because it's it's more in the spirit of the game. If it looks offside, it looks offside. So if people want to the goals that look offside all the time, then fine. But you still going to be, it's still gonna be millimeters. It's that. As soon as they as as brought it in, it was never going to be the same again. And if that's the, the problem is now, until the automated system comes in and then it's the system saying what's offside or not. So whoever pro, even it's going to be even fairer for everyone else then, but until that point comes in, we're screwed for another year, basically.
0: I was going to say, Matt, Matt, for you, um, I guess for me, I was trying to work out one of the reasons why... I know I found this one particularly great in it might be because Wolves aren't scoring much at the moment mm-hmm. um for, I think it's the body position um and and you know what part was classed offside say it was the elbow I think if it was his foot was that you know well quite literally a foot over um over the offside lo- line I I could have sort of got it but I think because it's almost off the ground and mm. it, it, it's a part of it's as George said he ain't going to score with it what, what's the advantage you know we, we'll talk ourselves around in circles but yeah um, I mean this you know it's, this is just... an I'm, and I'm
3: from the other side thinking about well why why could there be an advantage I don't know because he's his elbows out he can propel himself further when he mm. brings his arm back and there's you know half a nanosecond in that and blah 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 I think as it was alluded to many times, it's 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 desensitising football too much. That's the issue, with me. I don't, you know, if the, the rules are the rules and the implementation of the rules, that's fine, whatever. But the, the taking the raw emotion out of the game is the thing for me. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't watch we don't watch football and we don't enjoy football because we we're, we're forced at gunpoint to do so. Although watching some of our performances this season, you think it would be. Um, you watch it because of a love for it and this isn't it with this like desensitised way of not being able to celebrate goals. As soon as, like Stu said, as soon as they hinted there might be an offside, you think, oh, fuck, oh well, here we go. We know what's going to happen now. Move on. It's just, it's a sad state of affair that we're in. is harming harming the enjoyment of the game. And that's and that's all it is, really. I think, um, and this pa- Pandora's box is open now. You can't close that. You can't close that. It's, we, we're stuck with it for the worse.
1: I mean, Blake Blake made a good point when he texted me earlier about this, about it wouldn't matter so much if it wasn't 100%, if it was straight away, like it used to be, like when you used to just look over at the lion's flag, and if it was up, yeah. then you knew you couldn't celebrate. Mm-hmm. Two years' time, that's what we're getting. So is does that then stop the arguing? Because then that part of it all is gone? Because <laughs> so if, if you're using robots and Hawkeye based on fucking skeletons, which is exactly what this automated system is... Um, basically 3D-overlaid skeletons on human bodies tracked by motion cameras with an automatic receiver on the lion's arm, which is then going to flag. So if we go back to that, then it's it's almost like a robotic version of what we've always had. Then we know it's offside straight away. So does that then stop all the moaning, even though when they go to the replay and it's just one millimetre out?
0: I think it does chiefly because i think stress is caused by uncertainty yeah and you know it's the same with um you know when they ha- we, we will move on in a second but actually i think it's quite interesting what you've said um it, similar for when they had sort of brought in goal line technology and it, it i guess the principle is the same that you know you have to be X amount over the line and things like that. And there's been a few incredibly close ones um, in the last few years, but everyone just accepts that, you know what that ball is, you know, free, you know, free lengths of grass over the line or not past the line, but it's because it's done so quickly. You go, nope. well, it must be right because the computer said it's right. Unless you and uh, <laughs> you, you go, We'll all praise our Cybotic overlords. Um, but, look, we had our moan at half time about it. We've had our moan now about it. I think Wolves coming back into the second half, to be honest, I felt Wolves were the only team who were really going to create something and go on to win the game. Um, not necessarily because we created a lot of chances, um, but mostly the fact that we started to control the game a bit more and just saw. Uh, Never's getting on the ball more, uh, just sort of driving forward, and although you know the game, the game didn't have a lot of quality, um, and I think it kind of showed why Fulham, are, you know, scrapping relegation and why we're in the position we're in. Um, of uh, it, it, this game felt at about sixty minutes; it was destined to finish nil-nil. Um, th- does anyone sort of disagree with that?
1: I think Fulham, Fulham, just. I think the, the just the idea that we could score against them kind of fucked them up because it's exactly what happened to them against Villa. Yeah, um, Villa scored against them, the heads dropped, and that's why it seemed that second half, like you said, we came out not stronger but with ball <laughs> ball more retentions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and being in the system that we know <laughs> always helps. Um, but yeah, it was it was like one of them a proper like Stoke at home nil nil in the Championship kind of game where it, and it was. I couldn't see anything more other than a nil-nil. To be honest, I mean they would look—they look so awful going forward. I mean, it—it—it it, it makes us like Barcelona. They're just—they've got nothing, and I, I can't see them staying up now. To be honest, really, but it's kind of worked in our favour that there is three teams shit than us, and we've got oh, away—we got
3: away with it today. Um oh, but, yeah. I don't know about. I think getting away with it's a little harsh, and only in that I expected before the game. How many times have we seen? Cody absolutely manhandled by a Mitrovic or a Giroud or a Kane or someone like that. That tall brick shit house striker. And I really expected, I was disappointed in Mitrovic today, if anything, that I wanted him to score, but I, you expect him to be a bit more of an attacking threat. Um, I just think that, I, I see it from the flip side. I, I didn't think that we came out in the second half any better than the first. I thought if there's one team that was going to score, it looked like it was going to be Fulham because we were creating, we were creating nothing really. I very much felt like the the, the message at half-time was, "This is yours to this is yours to draw." <laughs> Basically, yeah. do not lose this game. If you lose this game, we're in trouble. If you draw this game, we're okay, and that's how it felt very much for me. And that's again the issue with the the, the three at the back is that you've, we, we're a lot more secure. We're, we plug that leaky defence, but. We look very, very toothless. Um, save for a real, like, I think we'll probably, due to the, the nature of the goal, gloss over the fact that how good Silver's pass was to set it up. But save with a little bit of magic, you know, that variant which was destined for, for zero goals.
0: Yeah. Um, there, there was a point, I think, when we had a free kick on the edge of the box. And it, it is arguably our love for Guy. Um, one of my favourite things is Roman Sace's sheer confidence when he's uh, <laughs> a set-piece delivery. You can't prove Nevis, who is a exceptionally good set-piece taker on his day. It seems to thrive in high-pressure scenarios. As soon as I saw Sace cover his mouth and go, I guess I should have a... Uh, you, you've not <laughs> scored one recently. I thought, he's going to want to do it. And it was a shame he didn't go in, but... Yeah, um, it, it did have nil nil written all over it and going into sort of the last couple of minutes, but it almost felt a little bit out of nowhere. But a a, Dahmer, a, a great a, two things for me: a the advantage played by John Moss. Um, you know, we, we can happily slate officials um, as we've spent five minutes already doing, but uh, you know what? Pra- Praise them when they get it right, um, and also the work by Fabio for a goal as well. Um, you know, arguably, I think you should have started, um, and hopefully, you will do against Sheffield United. But um, what on, on first June, I thought that was an amazing finish by Adama, yeah. chiefly because he put his boot through. You know, look, we saw on Monday night Silver in a similar-ish position on the pitch with a precise, accurate bottom corner. Sometimes you just need to kick the fuck out a ball and just make sure it's on target because you don't know what's going to happen. Adama isn't good enough at finishing to accurately place a ball. <laughs> but you know what? If he can hit it between the you know the, the white sticks, I'll take that. Then I saw the replay and I could see Stu chuckling. Um, come on. <laughs> it's... A...
1: It's like when you leave it was that um meme of the uh, the chocolate rabbit melted in the car or it that that's what happened to his hands i mean I, I, he had a decent game, he didn't spill anything at all I mean, he had a couple of headers straight at him, which is not part of the course really, but it was it was straight at him. I don't know what he's doing see, I'd no, for... no idea what he's doing there.
0: see I played five aside on Thursday night, and as you'll get to you, we all got a turning goal but I didn't have gloves Um, (laughs) and nervous. And it reminded me of that because I don't know what it is, but whenever I have to go and goal, which isn't often I'm five foot seven. um, I'm all right at being in goal. I don't mind it. if I've got gloves on. If I don't have them, I, I instantly curl up. I don't know what it is. And it felt like the goalie did the same when you just need him to be big and strong and just beat it out because there's no walls. There's no, you know, walls play within like, you know, 20, 30 yards.
1: I uh, said on my um, reaction video, we, we got. I mean, really dropped one at the near post um, against West Ham, which it eventually cost us a point. Ariola's dropped one today. We've got three, so it's <laughs> the old swings and roundabouts thing. But yeah, again, you you got to say I mean Traoré had one in the first half, which kind of limped wide with his left foot, and he's leathered this one, and he's cunning
0: so fair play, so you I mean, can ask for. it's definitely something he needs to add to his game um because he's he, he's such an inconsistent player um particularly with his shooting and you know especially we've we've talked about the missing Jota, but if he was able to you know consistently hit double figures um for, for walls in goals and or assists he, he we we'd be such a different team for me um what do you think George? It's,
2: the, it's just the enigma or oh, that problem of Troy Traore throughout his whole career, isn't it? Everyone expects him to do more, be better. He's, you know, his output should be better. And um, last season, I thought we saw the maturing of Adama Traore, or at least I thought that was the case where goals and assists came into his game and uh, he looked like he was becoming a more consistent player. Turn up one every three rather than one every eight, and I thought that we had a serious, you know, people talked about £80 million last year for a player and, you know, the market rate is inflated of course, but, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it wasn't worth £80 million on the basis of last season alone. You look at this season, you flip it, um, you know, again, it's something that come up on Instagram Live, uh, on the show after the game, like, what's his value now, true value right now, this season, what 20, 30. you know what it's I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, you know what I mean. Like what, what you know? Where would where what would the selling point be? Where wolves think you know what we've got a good deal on our hands here? If someone if someone did come in for him, and um, yeah, it's that <clears throat> again. Like tonight, I don't think he played particularly well. Again, mm. um, for you know, lost the ball a few times, and again, I'm a, I'm a big trial Ray fan. Before this seems like I'm, I'm slating him. I'm not. Um, he didn't have a very good game for me, but then it's exactly what and what frustrates any Wolves fan or even any Adama Troyore fan or anyone who watches him, where it was the first time I've actually seen him play on the shoulder of a defender all season, I think. And Fabio's yeah. put played a great ball to him, put it in the channel, and he's never going to lose that race to the ball. And... You know, he's he's thumped it home. Ariola should have saved it, yeah. But that's what frustrates me. Like, Troy already has got that in his locker. He can run 100 meters in probably ten seconds flat. Like he should be playing on the shoulder a lot more. And he'd get though he'd get he'd get four or five chances a game because all you have to do is put it into a channel and he would he'd be through on goal. So I want to see more of that. And I think that that's sort of his strength, really. Like that should be an asset to him, but When can can you ever say that he often plays on the shoulder and and gambles on a a ball? He doesn't. He likes it to feet and he likes to dribble with it and control the ball. And um, that was the refreshing thing for me was, A, Fabio's pass, a turn and pass I thought was just class, to be honest with you. And Traore, with the assets he's got, that's what I want him to be doing every week. Play on this last man, get through on goal and just thump it home. Like he, he, he could quite easily score 15, 20 goals a season doing that. No doubt
0: about it. Yeah, I think a lot of it is tactics-based and having that like belief and confidence in yourself. You know, it, what you said, it reminds me of Matt Dowerty in a way that he just would gamble and he'd follow mm. his run. And you know what? He'd get caught out two or three times a season. But particularly, you know, last couple of minutes, of games, I'm sure it was a Newcastle game might been last season or year before, where like, you know, just kept running up the pitch and was like, you know what? This might come to me. And lo and behold, he managed to find himself eight yards out and took it in. And it's a Troy is blessed with a God given gift to run really fucking quick. Um and I say like if he was just able to like t- instead of focusing on I need the ball to feet and I can take him on. Just play off the ball, hit the space. You've got the likes of Ruben Nevers who can pick you out. Believe in them, believe in yourself, and you'll be an even better player because you won't be necessarily relying on having to beat three players a game. But uh, look, I, it was fantastic. Was it its first goal in the league this season? Did yeah. I? Work yeah. out, you know, like it's... Yeah, we're in April for fuck's sake. Um, I've realised I've sworn twice in about four sentences. Very unlike me. Sorry, guys. Um, Rich saying, after dark. I was going to say I've had one side of this evening, guys. Off. Um, anyway, um, before we wrap up our um, Fulham chat, Matt. Anyone else standing out for you today? Uh, it wasn't really a game of people really standing out. No, um,
3: it wasn't. I mean. I- you know, we, we you mentioned him in, in passing Neves um seemed he seemed a lot more assured now, or in this game, and he did seem that five, ten yards slightly further up the pitch, which I think purely from an excitement point of view, we all want to see because we all want to see that derby goal every game. So we want to see him <laughs> further up the pitch every game to to try for the spectacular. I thought he was solid enough today. He you know, he spread the ball about as we expect, but he was you know, he kept busy on the pitch. Um The d- defending wise, we were pretty unspectacular, and and I mean that as a compliment, because we didn't do anything worldly calamitous to cause us to panic <laughs> too much. You know, there was a, there was a couple of times when Samado, absolutely, you know, we we look forward to his attacking prowess, but defensively he got ahead of his man, ahead of the ball, and he and he and he used his strength, which isn't uh, something that we would probably put in. Or an adjective we'd use for his strength—is like physical strength. I thought, I thought you played fine. Um, again, listen, no one's going to be making a DVD of this, and the only person that would buy it would be Stu if it was on a 3D <laughs> Blu-ray, and that's only because he wants to see it out of his new bit of technology, and that's you know what I mean. Not exactly one for the, uh, not exactly one for the historians. This one
0: no indeed indeed well we'll be back um right after a break to talk uh sheffield united and go through some questions from twitter corner see you in a second hi richard here before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action and of course a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, now they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves fancom please go check it out, but they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back. So uh, as we said uh, just before with Blake, uh, Wolves' next game is against Sheffield United. Um, I, mean, I, I almost feel a little bit sorry for them um, at this point just because they have been so... I was going to say, so poor. They've not been like Derby County poor in the sense that they look hilariously bad. (laughs) Do do you know what I mean, Stu? They're they're just hard to describe because they
1: are so shit. And you look at the points that they've got, and it's pretty awful. And it's going to be, they're going to be up there as one of the top five worst teams ever in Premier League history but they're playing nice football they just don't score and they concede the odd goal which they lose the game which seems to be the kind of theme of their season and it's almost like they, um, they when they got promoted that kind of the tidal wave kind of kept them up in the top half of the table and then when we just when when restart happened and there was no fans to carry them over the line they just died a death and then coming into this season they had, not, they had nothing so Maybe they've been, maybe the fans not been there hurt them more than anyone else. Um, but it's, <laughs> they're just not good enough, are they? I mean, they've got shit players all over the pitch. I mean, we can talk about certain Scottish ones who you you, you think you might think of signing, but that's just mental talk. So anything but an absolute ham I mean, there's no, that's the thing now. We can we're safe. We're not going down. There's no reason to not have a go. Handbrake off time. Enjoy your, enjoy ourselves with us however many games left, not say... to sit there in fear.
0: <laughs> so, George, for you, um, danger men for Sheffield United. <sighs> John Fleck. I was going to say, we can't <laughs> be looking past, uh, you know. The, the, got the, the wrong the...
2: person on this podcast was... to talk about Sheffield United. I was going to
0: say, we, we did not plan this running order, but they do have the uh, Scottish Iniesta in John Fleck. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do feel a bit sorry because I have had a few injuries, particularly in, in defence, but... But they argue, I, I know I'm going to curse us now because we know what wolves are like, and we all, and it, we we've all kind of seen us play against you know teams in relegation zones and lose. But you know they they argue have the worst goalkeeper in the league, um, in Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> um, you know I don't think much of their forward line, at all And, You know they've still got Jack Rodwell on the books for uh, for Christ's sakes. This really should be a a uh, home run for Wolves. But as you kind of alluded to, we should have a bit of freedom about us. Um, ha- do you think we'll go with the same formation? Do you think silver, um will or, well, should start? I think you've sort of answered your,
2: sort of the question there when the, the sort of the, uh, the operative word being should. Be off. <laughs> the handbrake should be off. Yeah, it should be. Would it be? I'm not sure. Um, the reality is, I mean, let look, we've we've won the game tonight, and uh that winning breeds confidence. But for me, we look like a team with no confidence. If we'd have come out of that game nil-nil, I was seeing a lot of comments on social media, again, like mo- most of them are seeing about Nuno out and all this sort of stuff, which again I completely don't agree with. Um yeah, Sheffield United should be a game where look at it, we should be picking up three points, but just how our season's gone, how we've been playing, like if it's Sheffield United or Man City, I'd have the sort of similar level of confidence, not the fact of this is me being all doom and gloom, but I haven't seen anything tonight or I haven't seen anything in the previous six games beforehand to make me think that Wolves are going to turn up and and win a game of football. It's like the first time ever on, on the fancast. I think mean, this is my third season, uh, second, foot, well, whatever however long it is, it's been a while now. Um, I I've, I've predicted Wolves to lose pre match. I was like Mark Lawrence of the BBC Sport, uh, like winning 35 games a season, drawing three, and I just had no confidence in this tonight. And it's a horrible feeling, but reality is, yeah, we've got no pressure. We should, we should be playing Sheffield United and we should be playing them off the park. I mean, Neves has got his handful versus John Fleck, we know that, but that should allow a bit of space and for Matinia to go after Ollie Norwood, all, you'd think. So, Yeah, maybe we can exploit that channel. And uh, yeah, we should pick up three points.
0: Yeah, I mean, Matt, uh, when you sort of take into account Fulham as well, which we've won, we've got Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom and Brighton um, as our sort of next handful of games. I wouldn't quite say make or break, but is this a, a really good opportunity for Wolves to string a couple of victories against the... Lower caliber sides in the division, I I see this as an opportunity
3: to have an extended pre season. now, yeah. at this point, now because okay. we're safe. We're safe now. Um, if you want, and you know, you can train, you can play four at the back in training games from, from dawn till dusk, and it will never be as good or as effective as game match time. So, if that's how he wants to play it next season, play it with these games now, win, lose, or draw. Because if, if you're going to be if that's how he's going to want to play it, then get the team playing it in a competitive environment, and it should work against Sheffield United because they're they're awful. So, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I feel that I feel that Jose should should start, and I mean this now because one of my friend Tom said something to me earlier today. Um, he said, actually, having him starting, he's the sacrificial lamb now. For protecting Silver from himself, and what I mean by that is, if Silver doesn't score, all he gets is abuse because of his price tag. If Samado doesn't keep a clean sheet every single game, he gets a, a walloping about his price tag. When Silver's on for thirty minutes of a game, twenty-five minutes of a game, and creates an assist, it's all it's all happy singing and dancing as it should be. And I feel that actually, do we just allow Silver to? mature as a player and get game time and then impress in the short stints that he does. And if it means that Jose isn't he's a sacrificial lamb, well he's not our player, he's a lone player, we shouldn't have any sentimental feelings about the guy. He's here to earn money. We're here, you know, he's a number on the pitch for us. So I think it's mutually beneficial for the for the both of us as well. So I think we should treat the next few games as as an extended preseason. That's probably the clip, and I'll probably get slated for it. And saying, "Well, why why throw away a chance to like at least close the gap on Villa?" But we've got to think to next season because we the all Villa. of us want this yeah. season to end as soon as possible. You don't, you don't
2: get a trophy for beating Villa, though, unfortunately. You don't know, no, you don't. don't, no, no,
3: no, you don't but for, for some, you know, for some people, there is very little left to play for, isn't there? Yeah. There's beating me- the Albion and sending them down. No, that's what I mean. And that, that, to that's the other
2: thing to me. is like, you know, Wolves fans who say, "Oh, if we send the Albion down, it'll make the season better." <laughs> like, but it's like for me, it's like really. Like they're already down now, so what matters if we put the R next to them? They're already down, and yeah. guess what? The fucking battered us at Molyneux. <laughs> That's <They were letting laughs> the truth. They deserve to be they, be. they deserve to win the game at Molyneux. So yeah, it'd be a bit of retribution, vindication as a captain Alton Brooklyn Nine Nine. But I couldn't give a shit if we put the R next to them or not. Genuinely, like I think, like you say, this is now preseason for us, and whether we go and win the next four or not. Does it matter? Is it going to define us if we come fifteenth or ninth? Like, I'm not. It doesn't really bother me that much. Maybe I'm being a, maybe I'm being a bit naive to think it does matter. But me as a fan, I just want this season over with now. Honestly, I couldn't give. I couldn't really give a toss.
1: But <laughs> well, we, um, Birmingham's, technically sent us down in 2004. Does anyone even know that that was a thing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> when,
0: uh, when, when, uh, only not not exactly like it's no, well, that's something I when, when
1: I Dan was, put it when Dan mentioned it in the thing yeah. as a quiz question. I had to go and look it up and figure
0: it out. because I had no idea. So we were wank. It, you is this, go down? Is it a thing? Because uh, like, like you don't relegate a team over thirty-eight games.
2: No, like, but right, I think right, it's what Wolves fans are using as sort of. Or again, I've seen it online that that it's sort of like well, it's a bit of a saving grace. Oh, it would be great to put the R next to West Brom. Yeah, they're about. They're, they're down now.
1: If we were, well, if if fans were there. TM, um, then it would be, because it'd be funny. But we're not, so it doesn't matter. You ain't going to see Albion fans, am you other than at work? And even then, you're two metres away, so you can't even slap them around. So it's <laughs> it's a complete waste of time. But you are right, Matt. I said that a few weeks ago. I mean, just keeping William Jose as a battering ram to get beat up every week, to then take off and give Silver 20 minutes, um, it is the right thing to do. I mean, he wasn't, he isn't the problem for me. I mean, playing four at the back with with jokers who can't play in a back four is the problem, but you probably are right. I mean, none of that back, well, Semedo and Cody, probably uh, that back four will be there next season. If you're going to play a back four. So, but in the midfield, it's going to be there. Neves, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that whole team who who started today, start against um, whoever in August, but realistically half that team should be changed for next season. So, I mean, to be fair, it, we, we have said before that five or six... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't care less if they're all gone now, but um, is it beneficial to the ones who are going to be staying just to get another system ready? Maybe. But there's no point boring our way to 14th to get an extra couple of million for finishing a, an extra point of the table. Well, there's no I've point gen- doing that.
2: I've genuinely gone from thinking we need four or five to refreshing this team up to watching us against West Ham, or at least after that West Ham game, thinking, you know what? We probably need seven or eight. It almost feels like the whole spine of the team needs yeah. flushing out. It's stale. Yeah, it's stale. It needs to. It, it just needs a revamp. And that isn't me saying, sack the lot of them. Like, this isn't me throwing my toys out the pram, get rid of the lot. They ain't good enough, the shit. It isn't about that. It's just. It just feels like we need to gut it, get a new spine in, it, and just try and, and just build on it. Because the reality is, all depends on Fosen's ambition and now for me in terms of if because the, the reality what's happened is is um we got sold or Wallslands got sold the dream of we want to be competing with Man City in 10 years' time, whether that be ambitious or not, that's what that what was said by Fosen when they're coming. Realistic or not, that, that was their statement. Since like I okay, let's just take this season alone. First signs of it not going to plan since and have been in, since Nuno's been here. For me, the communication from the club down, whether that be because fans aren't in, I don't think that's an excuse, really. They're just, like, a serious question is, there's no communication from the top down to fans. So we don't, we sit, you know, all of a sudden Wolves need to sell to buy in the summer. It's coming out in tabloid and people are, like, leaking it. So I do think there's some truth in it because... There's a lot, there's a more and more sources coming out about this. Well, for me, the last time we heard about it, Fosen were like the second richest owners of the football club in the UK and wanted us to get us, you know, competing in, at the top of the Premier League and into into Europe consistently. So I suppose the question I'm trying to ask people is, and I'm sure no one has the answer is, like, where's Jeff Shee gone all of a sudden? Like, for me, that, that's the biggest frustration with all fans at the minute is we can accept come in mid-table in the Premier League, if that is the realistic ambition, if we have got to be self-sufficient, fine, great. What isn't fine is if you're saying that all oh, that ambition and that goal is we want Champions League football in 10 years' time or whatever it's all competing at the top, well, we sure as shit aren't going to get there how it's going at the minute. So you need to come out and address it. Like, you know, as a business, you've got KPIs to hit. If you don't hit your KPIs, guess what? You get sacked. And again, that's not me saying Nuno gets sacked, by the way. I know that sounded, but we're not hitting our KPIs this season and no one's come out and addressed that. So, yeah, I think oh. it's a massive pre-season, massive summer for Wolves. Big What's time. K- what does
1: KPI mean?
0: Key performance indicator. indicator.
1: Just for normal people. just just get.
0: Sorry. Uh, sorry. I, I was going to say, I, was... <laughs> I reckon more people know the term KPI than don't. Well, mm, yeah.
3: I mean, 75% of this podcast. Yeah, well, I'll I'm,
1: or... I'm be the, the 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 minority again, as usual, as I am in this podcast <laughs> quite a lot. I mean, you, you, there's the, obviously the argument that the things have gone stale because certain other people in charge don't know what they're doing anymore. But just to um, just to put it out there, because it has to be mentioned. But now, something needs to change in this, we all know that. Um, but why, the reason is, why can't we just enjoy ourselves now for the rest of the season? For, <laughs> Hey, however, however much that's possible, just go and have a go.
0: So with that in mind, uh, what's everyone's score predictions for Saturday and Sheffield United? No, no. Give it, it the big one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, I'll go for uh, for two-nil Wolves.
2: I'm struggling, you know. It could be, and again, this is admitted, Like, it could be absolutely anything. Um, look, we should be winning. I do think we will win. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 but I'm going to make a little prediction that Sheffield United take the lead.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0 just because. I don't think it'll be a, a convincing 2-0 win, but, you know, it'll no doubt involve a safe header.
2: With mm. the three o'clock game on Saturday as well. Yeah, yeah we are, yeah. That's not, that is the new graveyard shift, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, great three
0: o'clock i can't sounds bad when i say i can't even join my saturday anymore (laughs) (laughs) i I do things on a saturday now because we never fucking play there. um we've had some questions for twitter corner uh before we wrap up today's pod a big thanks to everyone who uh tweeted in um because we've had quite a lot of tweets in the last few days um, for certain things so it'd be nice to get some nice fun questions uh, so first one we've got is Paul Wharton uh, who says which Wolves player would win a game of Hungry Hippos oh that's a good one been...
2: there's not, really, not really a tactic to Hungry Hippos though is
3: there uh, you need what good ref- you need good reflexes don't you because you need to know when that little what are what are they meant to be The what are they meant to eat are they meant to be a thing
2: did you say good reflexes that means John Ruddy ain't in. I <laughs> do. <Okay>. Uh, <laughs> um, I just they just food, Just generic hippo food.
3: G- generic hippo food. I'm not sure if Maybe. there's a strategy to
2: it. it, it, it Who's likely to just <laughs> smashing the? Who's likely
3: to rodents? because po- he's constantly like smashing the floor with his hands when it, things don't go his way. So mm. he's used to like beating things down. To you know, he's he, I think it's rodents for me. Low center of gravity as well, so he's closer to the board than anybody else.
1: Yeah, but when I when I used to play, I used to kind of try and gauge how many how many hippo you know hippo foods was coming my way and not hit it really hard. So maybe you need some tactical thinking. So maybe Martinez. Yeah,
2: you I was go, just reckon, I was gonna, go to I was gonna yeah. go to He's got experience with those silky hands of his. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that so
0: funny. Yeah. Not as much as Griezmann in July.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's I what think, she
0: said. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go Neves again, just because he's a family man. I think I think he's the sort of guy who'd who'd really enjoy beating his children at No, games. I think
2: Neves would let, I think Neves is the kind of guy who lets his kids win. Uh, uh, really? fuck that. No, no, I'm mm. saying I think he's one of them. I think he's one of these, oh yeah, well played. Like, nah. You've got to be brutal. Put him <laughs> in the ground, teach him early. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm not the right person to answer this, but Gaz uh, Roberts asks, who wins uh, Reigns, uh, Brian or Edge?
3: Uh, I would assume Brian wins it because he's going to be retiring soon. I think as a last last kind of thank you. Um, And then Edge can be the one who eats the pin so Reigns stays protected.
0: Wrestling booking 101. Good to know. Good to know. I, I did something I didn't know. Now I do. Um, uh, Colin uh, Beer asks, uh, "Do we give Fabio a ten-year contract now?" <laughs> I'll give him a five-year contract because he's look at he's look at the promise
1: that he's got. You know, we've said it many times that he's not ready, but he looks a damn sight better than a lot of shit that we've had over the years. Um, and the goal is scored last week. The assist is coming with today. Yeah. He'll, he'll be he'll be an excellent player, yeah,
2: but I it, think he's a superstar. It, I do Genu- get like genuine superstar.
1: Yeah, but you are talking like to it 18 months, two years down the line, yeah. which is probably what, what which is what he was bought for anyway. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go for ten years because that's a bit silly. That's Pardew esque. Um, but five, yeah.
3: There's, the issue is though, um, you know, what do you do about a problem like Rafa Mir? You know, he's banged another two in this evening.
2: They're gonna sell him, yeah. aren't they? They've got to. Well, he ain't gonna play here, is he? It's like I had. Um, again, I reference it on Instagram. My my, uh, my boss at works a season to get older at uh, Forest, and he said, obviously we sent them Bonatini mm. bollocks. Then we sent them Mir, and he just said to me, "Can you stop sending us your fucking outcasts or what?" <laughs> and uh, you know, and now look at you know Raffaele. Right the, the reality is Sevilla, Sevilla, sorry Sevilla, Sevilla, uh, Sevilla into Milan and Madrid have been in the last week. Mm. So, what's he worth? Like anything I've seen of him, he, he's worth a pack of Lays crisps on the beach. But <laughs> he's obviously worth a good couple million, you know, scoring goals for fun. So, fair play to him.
1: I mean, that's it's another, I think um, Spears mentioned this in the week as well that he was bought for one and a half million. And we could easily sell him for 15 on his goals from this season alone. That's a perfect first in return, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he has to be given a chance, surely. I mean, if if William Jose can have a chance and he's been absolute wank other than <laughs> other than for two seconds tonight, which again didn't count because he's cursed, then he's got to at least have a pre-season, surely. Mm-hmm. No, I, mean, I
2: won't be a worse start back at
1: all. No, if you if you got a player coming off a season like that, if you if he wasn't as,
0: we'd be linked with him already. Yeah, we would. That, 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 that's my take on it. And I think, even however strong and positive um, Jimenez's um, return is looking, surely it's, it sounds almost cold for me to say it, but surely if you're Rafa Mir, you go. I've still, I've got a chance to really make make myself in the Premier League, which I know he's Spanish, he's playing top flight like La Liga, but that's got to be a big goal for him, surely. Um, I
2: don't think that's um, got, I don't think that's cold for you to say, Rich. Because I'm I'm thinking even from a Wolves point of view, as a you know as a fozen or Jeff Schitt, whoever it is, from a Fosen point of view, it's cold, of course, it is. But we don't know what sort of player Jimenez is going to be when he comes back, and hopefully no. he comes back the player he was. And you know, if he had to retire from it, all the best to him as well. Like obviously, only come back if he's fully right, but. You can't be selling a player that's scoring 15, 20 goals a season in one of the top five leagues in, the, in in Europe when your star striker may never play again still or may not get to the levels that he was once showing. So it would be absurd for me to sell him. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, like I just said, take away from the fact that he's ours. If you are, like you said, if you're looking at a striker from La Liga who scored 15 goals, well, William Jose, 20 million quid and he's yeah. come in and done nothing at all, it might be the same, but then we ain't going to pay anything. So mm. if we have got to sell to buy, and we're going to sell, that's one less player to buy. So I'd be more than happy with Rafa Mir,
0: Fabio Silva and Jimenez next season. More than happy with that. 1,000%. Mm. Oh,
3: well, um,
0: well, last question uh, before, before we wrap up then. Uh, From... Uh good friend uh football uh near fates um asks and he kind of touched on to what we've sort of covered earlier um, from the Sheffield United game. But uh, with the win essentially securing safety, what risks would you like to see Nuno take in the last seven matches? So we've all kind of said we want to see a bit of a you know, bit of a pre season, a bit of a trial run. Um what what sort of specifics, you know Virginia yeah. maybe free Virginia. You know, a, a bit of a shame for him. He didn't come on uh, for Podence. We uh, brought on Gibbs White to give him a little bit of a um, a run out. I think Vatiniu and Gibbs White almost seem to be, you know, a, a, it's a one or the other sort of thing. They, they you'll only ever see them get sort of twenty minutes. It feels like, um, which can't be great for either of them long term. If we
1: if we're talking about risks, like, like Nate just said, then. If you're talking about risky, you play vitinho next to Neves instead of Bitinho and and give Gibbs White his number ten slot. And play, play with his chef. Yeah. Mm. What, what what have we got to lose? If it goes if it goes tits up, then fine. But if just presume that Neto's out anyway, you've got Adama and Podence with with Gibbs White in his preferred position, so no one can moan anymore, and he'll be wanking and he'll be took off after an hour anyway. And Neves and someone other who's not almost dead from being so ancient. Just give it a go. This is exactly what I was talking about earlier. But just having having something to look forward to, something to enjoy. But it sounds. It doesn't even sound like a risk to me. It sounds like common sense. But we know he's not going to do it.
2: I think. Yeah, I think he should be doing the same as well. Completely bang on with that. I think that Vitinia. I think we are going to buy him by what again? What you hear through you know, sources and stuff. And if he's the future playing Gibbs, White, whether you rate him, don't rate him like his social media, don't like his social media. <laughs> the reality is if you say to Morgan Gibbs, White, right. You've got eight games. We're going to start you every game in the number 10. You're playing for your contract. If he's no good, Swansea, will buy him. Yeah. That, that's the, we've got nothing to lose. And I think that all we can gain is that he shows his potential and promise. Cause, at Swansea's start of the season, he was he was probably one of the best players in the Championship until he got his injury. And I know it was only a short period of time, but the reality is he, Morgan Gibbs-White thinks he's he's a Premier League footballer. I'm still con- yet to be convinced, but Nuno will not keep bringing him on or keep giving him chances if he, that he wasn't convinced there was a player in there either. So give him 90 minutes, see what happens. It, we could lose all eight games now to the end of the season. It's not going to make a difference to me. No. As long as you don't get out, obviously, <laughs> I'm not saying I want that to happen, but just let's just play people. Like E should play every minute of every game now, even not, if Mark hell comes back.
1: I did, I'd even have I'd have more respect, I and mean, I've been pretty rough and harsh, maybe, but I'd have more respect for him if he did that now, because and just said, okay, like Matt said earlier, this is our preseason now. a bit like how um, what Dave Jones did when he came in. Halfway through a season and use it for the, the end of that season as a kind of like an extension, an extended preseason, just to try things out, and rather than just playing Dendonka, Neves, Martinez, and just grinding out bollocks all the time. Just, just do that now. I'd kind of, I'd have more, a lot more respect for the guy if he just tried something there because, like we've all said, we're safe.
0: We'll see, we'll see. I think it's going to be a, an interesting couple of weeks for Wolves in, in that regard. Now we're kind of in that wonderful um in between place i guess between you know avoiding relegation not basically just having nothing to play for but um we will be back um before uh the sheffield united game our uh, fancast pre-match will be going in depth uh for the uh sheffield united game um make sure um you check out A, our youtube channel uh we're putting up loads of great content Tom there. on match days, checking out our Instagram uh, for uh, before, during, and after the game, where we can kind of giving sort of on the dot analysis. This weekend, if you're bored, um, which you know weather's not looking great, uh, make sure you tune in for the Wolves Women FA Cup third round game against Watford. Uh, I think it's it's on Saturday, um, and it's on the Wolves TV um, system system. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's online. Go watch it, go support them. Um big thanks once again to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Medium. Make sure you check out um their website. Any marketing needs, any website needs, go hit them up. Um on that, I think that wraps it up for today's episode. Uh so big thanks t- for joining us. Uh it's goodbye from Stu.
3: Beware of Pelicans. try It's
0: goodbye from Matt. Take it easy, guys. Look after yourselves. So goodbye from Jordan. Bye. Up the walls and up the walls, women. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.